So no one so no told, one told you, you till I've got to play fantasy. fantasy. <laughs> Your team sucks real bad. You probably gotta pee. Hello and welcome, everybody. Tommy, give him a holler. Hello, everyone. Very good holler. Um, my name <laughs> is Cloud Van Dam, and yes, I am the man you saw doing the splits in between the two semi trucks. And uh, I'm Claude, very happy. It to is be- so nice to have you on the podcast <laughs> here tonight. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, I was a little confused when you asked me to come on to give fantasy advice, but well, honestly, my you explained- my brother Jack couldn't make it, and I I couldn't think of a better a better substitute for him than you. <laughs> Absolutely. Once you when you sent me the uh, the video of Jack watching my video crying, I really knew that I needed to come on the show, and uh, I'm just excited for him to hear it because he's going to be really it's, excited. To it's know the most emotional I've ever seen him. It's the yeah. most emotional I've ever seen him. I mean, and the watching that video of you, the, the diary entries you showed me of Jack, uh, just just writing over and over how much I mean to him. Uh, I knew that I knew that this is where I needed to be tonight. So thanks for having me on. No um, problem. Okay, everyone. Anyways, welcome. Uh, this is uh, all a lie, and my name's Jack. And uh, without further ado, let's talk fantasy football. Amen. Let's talk fantasy football, Jack. Um, let's get right into um, last week's matchup, shall we? We shall. We must. Okay. So, starting off with the person in first place overall after two weeks, we're going to start off with Big Lou Lettenmeyer versus Kyle Sundell. Uh, you want to start things off, uh, Jack? I would absolutely love to start things off. Nothing would make me happier. Uh so first of all, this was just a this was a real uh, close match, only a 500 point difference, um, with my dad taking the victory over Kyle. So uh, tough loss for Kyle, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. Another solid week from David Carr. I think Kyle's got a really nice quarterback all season long in David Carr. I don't see Oakland's offense slowing down. I mean, granted, it's the Jets, uh, so arguably the worst defense in the league. But uh, you know, Carr had a solid game. T. Y. Hilton. I'd be worried if I were Kyle. It's another mediocre week with 690 and uh, more news coming out about Andrew Luck possibly being sidelined uh, for an extended period of time. So if you're T.Y. Hilton, you'd rather be catching balls from Andrew Luck than uh, Jacoby Brissett. So um, could say that. Yeah. And then uh, Randall Cobb had a solid game and it, the, he had some injury scares, but it seems like his MRI came back negative. So we'll see. We'll see what comes up with that. Uh, and then a really solid week from Melvin Gordon. Uh, he looked he looked super good again, and I mean, he is what he is. He's just a solid, reliable back, and with the load that he's getting in uh, that Chargers offense, okay, talking about yeah. loads again. That's 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 fine. It's okay. got to be your most frequently used word on this podcast it's, so far. A running back has running back share the load. You know, <laughs> they it's it's fine. Anyways. Um, I'd say the biggest the biggest worries for Kyle are currently DeMarco Murray. It's his second bad week, and now he's got some injury uh, injury worries. So that's that's maybe I, I'd say DeMarco Murray, and um, I mean honestly just just uh, DeMarco Murray and his kicker, I guess, um, and Hilton. 
Uh, just Murray and Hilton are the only uh, worries Kyle should have, in my opinion. And uh, while he only got 10,440 this week, it was a solid week. And uh, I think he should, you know, be fine to move forward with some uh, optimism. Yeah, you know, he hasn't had uh, the highest scoring weeks starting off. Um, there's definitely been some some down weeks for his players. I mean, I think you absolutely nailed it with, with T.Y. Hilton and, and DeMarco Murray. Those are the two the two biggest question marks right now. Um, T.Y. Hilton's supposed to be his number one wide receiver, and uh, uh, DeMarco Murray is is actually his second running back, so he's still solid with Melvin Gordon, but uh, would be real nice for him to at least produce close to what he did last year. Um, so for Dad's team, let's take a look here. I like Dad's team. Um, Jameis Winston and Mike Evans got their first uh, look together this year. Uh, when they played the Bears, and Mike Evans looked really good, uh, as he always does, because Jameis loves throwing to him. Now he got seven catches for 93 yards and a touchdown, and he had a monster game. Jameis did not have a monster game, but I think that was more due to game flow. I mean, they got up early, and they the Bears were just... I'm I mean, jealous What can you say that. about the Bears? Jameis, Mike Evans combination for dad. I always love having that QB yeah, wide receiver and, one combo. And honestly, that might be... I mean, I guess you could say Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson would be better, but I mean that's one of the top wide receiver Q- QB combos you can have, honestly. Um, but yeah, so I think we can expect big things from them this year. Um, for me, the question marks for obviously for Dad are his running backs. Now he started Christian McCaffrey and Theo Riddick the last two weeks. Christian McCaffrey is what has looked like what I expected. He was super hyped going into the year. Um, Very I wasn't hyped. buying it. We'll see if we'll see if that changes. Um, the Panthers I mean, don't I, look good. He just well, a the Panthers don't look good, and b I mean he's just not he, he's not doing well enough with the share of the load that he has. Jonathan Stewart's still there. He's still getting the the goal line carries. So I I'm not sold on Christian McCaffrey. I I was more I was buying into the hype, but now I'm uh, you're you're convincing me. Right, exactly. I mean. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, see because like I said, the Panthers haven't looked good. We'll see if they look better moving forward, and maybe once Cam Newton gets going more, Christian McCaffrey will get going more. Who knows? Um, and then Theo Riddick, he, I mean, Amir Abdullah had a great game last night, and Theo Riddick is clearly just the third down back. Whether that's going to be enough to produce week to week for fantasy, I'm not so sure. I mean, he got 520 points. I don't know that you can expect too much more. I, if he's not going to get a touchdown, I think this is the week you, you can expect from Theoretic. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, Dad needs to think about making some trades. He's got, I mean, we've talked about it last week. He's Couldn't loaded, agree more. loaded yeah. at wide receiver, and he is so weak at running back. He's got to dump some of that wide receiver talent and, and get a solid RB1 for himself. I mean, he's got, he had Jarvis Landry and Jeremy Macklin sitting on the bench. I mean, Jarvis Landry... And anyone else's team, I mean, you could argue Dad should have played him, and I would argue Dad should have I, played I mean, him over Sammy Watkins. I would strongly argue that. I don't know how you have Jar- Jarvis Landry on the bench and you have Sammy Watkins in the game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a that's a, a pretty big example of Dad thinking about the uh, value of the name. You're not getting that same Sammy Watkins for the Rams, so I, I'm not high on Sammy Watkins getting getting passes from Jared Goff. So I, I couldn't agree with you more that. A, Dad should have started Jarvis Landry, and B, he's got to move one of those pieces. Yeah, he's got to move a wide receiver. Um, 
what do you, which, I mean, I would, I would say don't trade Mike Evans. Um, I mean, but it's not really a good time to trade AJ Green because right now his value is not that high. Uh, yeah. the Bengals have looked awful. So I don't know what kind of return he could get for AJ Green. Um, I mean, it's definitely a buy low time for AJ Green, but yeah, neither of them had great weeks, but I think th- both of their teams have the potential, obviously, to produce much more. Dad's 2-0 and now. Kyle's 1-1. and So uh, I think Kyle should be happy with the start he's gotten to be 1-1 and after two very low-scoring weeks. I think is a blessing for him. And for Dad, I mean, Dad also got lucky with the win this week, so he's got to be ecstatic about being 2-0. and Let's move on to the next matchup. Yeah, let's go to matchup number two. Uh, I'm just moving, basically, I'm just moving down the list of the standings. So in second place right now is Anna. So we will talk about her matchup with Scott. How about I start this one off with Anna's team? Anna's team performed uh, much better this week. And this is the kind of performance I think that uh, should be expected of her team. She, what sticks out to me right off the bat are her two running backs. I mean, I Todd, was just, yeah, I, I was going to interrupt you for a second and say, to, of course you to, say Anna's, to say Anna's team performed well is a little mis, misguiding. And I think, <laughs> I, think you're about had... to, I think you're about to get to that. Yeah, so. she I mean, she had some she, bad weeks from players, but it was got, just overcome. She got well over 50% of her points from three players, Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, and CJ Anderson. No, so Gurley with um, the Rams looking like a much improved offense, I think is I think he's going to have a much similar year to his first year than his second year. Second year wasn't as great. I think he bounces back. I think he maintains this. I think he's good for around 100 yards from scrimmage every game, and whether or not he gets a touchdown or two, we'll just you know bump it up from a thousand points to two thousand points. C.J. Anderson has looked amazing, and it's like we talked about in week one. He looked great. He didn't produce fantasy wise but you could tell he was running really well. And that definitely showed up against Dallas in week two. He goes for 2,890 points, 118 rushing yards, a rushing TD, and a receiving TD. So he's the guy there. And as long as he is healthy, I mean, I think, I mean, so far Anna has gotten insane value for CJ Anderson. I, I want to say he was like a fifth round pick, something like that. But now we could be talking about how he's a top 10, top 15 running back. And then Drew Brees... A big bounce back week. He goes for two thousand two hundred and twenty-four. Uh, you know they were playing comeback against the the Patriots all day, so he threw a lot. He went for three hundred over three hundred yards and two touchdowns. That's, I mean, that's what you're going to get from Drew Brees. He's going to get you good games most of the time, and every once in a while he's going to uh, let you down. But Anna's used to that from Drew Brees. Um, now, concerns I have about Anna's team, I would say are probably just really just her flex position. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's a bit of a question mark in that wide receiver three slot as well. Um, we'll see how he ends up working out. Maybe over the course of the next few weeks, he can you know develop a rapport with Jameis Winston and maybe he can get going. But I like Julio Jones and Golden Tate. Golden Tate didn't have a great game, but I'm not worried about him. Um, she needs to find someone that she can consistently play in the flex spot. Right now, she doesn't have that person. Maybe JJ Nelson will be that person. I guess she'll she'll decide that. But I'll tell you one thing: it's it's not going to be Legarrette Blunt. I was going to say I can say with certainty I don't think she's going to be playing him until he shows a little bit more. Yeah, I mean he got Legarrette Blunt with zero carries. I just that's something. And if if I were Anna, that'd be a rage drop. You know what I mean? I'd be like, you're done. If you're not going to get a single carry in the game, I'm you're in free agency, my friend. And I would not advise dropping him just yet. 
I would. Um, but no, I totally agree with you that the, the her flex spot is the weakness. Otherwise, she's got a. I mean, her her running backs are, are loaded with those with those top two guys. So I I totally agree. Yeah, it's looking good for Anna right now. She sits um you know she sits at one and one uh, or sorry two and zero. Oh. My bad. Um, she got a, a lucky win last week, and then she she performed. She her team performed up to standard this week, and definitely deserved the win this week. Moving on to Scott's team, we had high praise for him in week one. Uh, what happened? So uh, the monster of a team that you had predicted for Scott uh, did not did not come true this week. Specifically, in the category of which we hyped up pretty hard, his wide receivers. And I'm not putting this all on you, Tommy, because I jumped right on board. But his wide receivers simply did not show up this week. Brandon Cooks, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs with a combined 1,600 points, roughly. So Diggs doesn't count because he didn't have his QB. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, no, and I'm not saying we were wrong. I'm just saying it doesn't make us look good for the week after us uh, no. pumping it up. They come out no, and score 1,600 points combined. Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette had decent games, 1,100 and 1,300 respectively. You know, you're happy with that, but only if your wide receivers are pulling the weight too. And then uh, the the big bad news for Scott, his tight end position, Greg Olson, Mr. Reliable, went down with a injury, and it seems like he's going to have to get surgery for a broken bone, so he'll be out indefinitely. Yeah, he was a big uh, loss for Scott. He was, he was placed on the IR today, so he's, at, he's out at least six games. Um, yeah, no, it's a big loss. He has been the consistent, one of the consistent top five tight ends for years now, and Scott's going to have to do do some waiver wire work to, to find someone else in the meantime, for sure. That's a big loss. Terrence West also had a decent game for Scott, although I wouldn't be too optimistic about that with Buck Allen looking like he's going to be the workhorse on that team. Uh, he was looking pretty good. That was a nice waiver wire pickup by Ter- Justin last I week. heard that uh, Terrence West like aggravated an injury. He didn't get any carries like the second half or something like that. I'm sure. not sure that Buck Allen's the, the bell cow now. Um, sure. I think it was just due to injury. Sure. Um, I and did then, want to mention uh, something about yes, Leonard, Fournette, Leonard Fournette really quick. Please. So we talked about him in uh, week one, about he got 26 carries. And yes. I argued that he would not be getting touches like that every week, especially on the weeks that they were losing. They lost this week 37-16. to 16. The Jaguars did. Would you like to guess how many carries Fournette had? 15. Very good guess. 14 carries for 40 yards. Ooh. Um, his week was right, definitely I, saved by a touchdown. Are you gloating um, after one week of being right? You're not going to bring this I'm up not, like it 10 is games a, later. You know what I mean? It's a small like, sample size. I'm very just saying. small sample size, man. It's one, one to one right now. Okay. But it's one. To, but but it's still. No, I know. I, I know. I'm still know. right in this. In As of right now, exactly what I said became true almost immediately. In the games that they're down, he is not going to get as many carries as you would like. And they're and I think they're going to be down a lot this year. That's fair. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. Uh, <laughs> I think we're good to move on to the third matchup. Brian versus Greg next, and their week two matchup. Jack, why don't you start with the loser? Why don't you start with Greg's team? Yes, I would love to talk about the loser. The loser was Greg. What is going on with his team right now? Can you explain this to me? Greg's Greg's got a lot of a lot of holes right now. Um, he's his team put up sub 10,000. They were sitting at 9,462. And that's largely in part to Jordan Howard, who was Greg's second round draft pick, I believe. Uh, supposed to that really be his go-to 
star quality running back one and he is just Some, not, someone that you can trust every week not shown up in these first two games and who knows what's going on with him there's been a bunch of mixed reports about different injuries and him being unhappy with his you know with how he's being used and not talking to the media after games and blah 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 there's a ton of narratives bottom line is jordan howard has had a bad first two games and there's no sign of it turning around so i'd be worried if i were greg having to fill that that slot but hopefully he'll get some help he's got doug martin on his bench so hopefully doug martin will help when he returns in a handful of games Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. he's also got duke johnson on the bench who's a who's been a serviceable wide uh running back in these two games isaiah crowell has a majority of the work in the cleveland backfield but duke johnson's an okay guy to plug in as the rb2 the issue for greg is that he doesn't have an rb1 because amir abdullah is not rb1 quality he put up only 860 and then so you're so you're writing Jordan Howard off. I'm not writing Jordan Howard off. I'm just saying uh, there's no current evidence. Like I wasn't sold on Jordan he had, Howard. You know, I wasn't sold record, on Jordan he, Howard preseason. I wasn't either. He had 1400 points in his first week. Just uh, to be clear, sure. But that game was yeah no, and that's a that's a good point. But that game was all Tariq Cohen in terms of that's like the news that that's came the story out of it. Line, but, yeah, for sure. Right. Um, but no, I'm Jordan Howard. Who knows? I'm just saying I don't know what's going on. All I know is his first two games. First game he was outshined by Tariq Cohen. Second game he got injured. Not talking to media. I don't know. I think I'm buying into the narrative a little bit. And okay, maybe Jordan Howard's unhappy. Maybe who knows what's going on. Talk about Craig's wide receivers real quick, and then let's move on to Brian's. Yeah, absolutely. Got a big week from Martavis Bryant, which was the bright spot on his team. Uh, Matt Ryan also had a, a, a decent week at quarterback. Uh, not not great, but 1,400, serviceable. And the two biggest surprises were Odell Beckham Jr. and Amari Cooper, uh, each putting up 500 and change, respectively. Right. O- I mean, for OBJ, is, uh, he's battling those injuries, but my, oh my, does the New York Giants offense look terrible. Just they look awful. Awful. I, do you think... Do you think that's I, because Odell is rusty? No, and... uh, no. I think it's because of their offensive line, man. Eli can't get a second to throw the ball, and their running backs can do nothing. I mean, Paul Perkins, blah. Orleans Darkwa, blah. Shane Vereen, he's been blah for a decade. I mean, uh, I, I, Paul Perkins I'm, had seven rushes for ten yards last night. Yeah, I mean, so I'd be worried about that offense as a whole. But at the same time, it's OBJ. He. When you got talent like that, who knows what can happen? But and then Amari Cooper being outshined by uh, Michael Crabtree, so you know definitely some holes. But he's got the he's got the players on his team that have the talent and have the potential. He's just got to sort of make sure he's making the right moves, keep his eye on the waiver wire to get some depth, and uh, you know he'll see what happens. Greg's zero and two. Are you worried for him? Um, yes, a little bit. Yes. I am. Okay. I am for all for all the um, reasons I listed. Yeah, I'm a little worried too, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Like you said, the talent's there. It's just about whether or not they can produce. Uh, okay, so Brian's team. Here we are. Another year of fantasy and another year where Brian starts off hot. He is two and zero, and to be honest, he hasn't had great weeks. Um, he's he's uh, gotten lucky with some facing some. Uh, not so great competition, not so great uh, fantasy totals. But his team had a solid week. He puts up 11,700. That's respectable. Um, it's not great, but not bad. You know, Aaron Rodgers, 
is Aaron Rodgers. You play him every week. You expect around 2,000 every week or more. Um, Des Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kendall Wright all put up over 1,000. Um, with Deshaun Watson as quarterback, I I think Hopkins is going to be good for like 1,000 points a game. Um, honestly, he's been throwing to him a lot. Um I talked about the great value that he got for him last week. I think it was round four that he picked him up. Um, he's going to be a target machine. It'll just be whether or not, uh, you know, I think it, I think the big question will be how many touchdowns can he get to to really determine what kind of uh, what kind of weeks he puts up. I think that's an extremely hot and accurate take. <laughs> um, Des Bryant, he's such a beast in the red zone in the end Des zone. Des Bryant is a good wide receiver does Bryant really, is good at catching footballs and using his body he's so strong and he's so he's good so at sealing off the defender on just those like back shoulder throws to the corner of the end zone he just blocks him off and uses those strong hands to smack smang it out of the air so yeah i mean really solid even performance from brian's team this week denver's defense they're going to be consistent probably most of the year same with gaskowski Brian's running backs are super iffy. Dalvin Cook, you, you, he's going to be playing I, I him every week. I don't um, think Dalvin Cook is iffy. Dalvin Cook is not iffy, but the rest are. Gillisley, he had another good week, and he's he's had he's had two good two good weeks. Um, In typical Patriots fashion, he's going to be the epitome of touchdown or bust for fantasy relevance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And for the first weeks, he's gotten touchdowns, so we'll see if that can continue. I don't I don't know that it will. Uh, but maybe, and I mean, he played. He played. We just talked about him, Paul Perkins, in his flex. So, Drop. he's got to he's got to come up with someone for his flex. I don't know who that would be, um, but I'm sure he'll figure it out. He he's not too into the whole waiver uh, thing. I mean, last year he won and had like 80 percent of his drafted team in on his, you know, final week in the championship week. So, uh, but yeah, no, Brian's team looks looks solid. There's a few holes. Um, We'll see if Bennett, Martellus Bennett, can start doing better with Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't looked great. Um, they used him a little bit against Atlanta, but, I mean, 720 points is fine. But we'll see if, if I mean, he, he, he picked him up pretty early. I think he was pretty confident in him. So we'll see if that can that duo can get going. Can I just uh, cut in with one hot take about Brian's bench? Yeah. Devin Funches is on Brian's bench, and hot take from me is that he will have an increased workload with Greg Olson on the sideline. Uh, I'm, I'd be optimistic about Devin Funches. He might be a, a flyer play for Brian in that flex spot in the upcoming weeks. So maybe he already has found his flex position. He should drop Zay Jones. Well, anyone on Buffalo's receiving core, I think, is droppable. Yeah. I think anyone besides LaShawn McCoy on that team is, right now, not a playable fantasy player. Okay, so... Let's move on to matchup number four for the person in fourth place, which is yours truly, uh, the commissioner, Tom John Bon Jovi. Um, Tom John Bon Jovi. Versus you, Jack Robert Lattimore. And do you want to talk about my team first, or should I talk about your team first? Why don't you let me get the ball rolling here? All right. First of all, can you remind the listeners what the score was? Yeah, uh, Tommy took me down. Okay, I don't. There's no reason to bog bog the story down with details. Tommy beat me. 
Okay, and he beat me fair and square, and I accept that. Uh, both teams played solidly, and you know Tommy's edged me out. Anyways, edged um, you out. I'm sorry. Did you want to cut in? The score was fifteen thousand three hundred forty-eight to eleven thousand four hundred forty-six. The second right. widest margin. Right. I'm pretty sure. All right, uh, Tommy. All this right. week. All right. Um, Let's just not be misleading about it. All right. To say Here's... that I edged you out is misleading. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Michael Crabtree put up 2,900 points, okay? What am I supposed to do against that? I mean, Michael Crabtree, Tommy, as angry as I am right now, I don't... This is a hot take, and get ready, because it might burn you a bit. 2,900 will not be Michael Crabtree's best week of the season. I love it. Michael Crabtree is, is, without a doubt... Derek Carr's number one red zone target. He does not trust Amari Cooper's hands, and with good reason. Yeah, no Have kidding. you seen Amari Cooper try to catch a football? <laughs> um, so I love Mark Michael Crabtree for you. Devontae Parker, another solid week with 1,000. I think, you know, we've both been optimistic about him. And then your running backs, Devontae Freeman and Kareem Hunt. I mean, it's a powerhouse in the R1, RB1 you've you don't you have an rb1a and an rb1b okay i mean you 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 have no rb2 you've just got two superstars sitting there <laughs> jordan reed he's always a you know a bad route away from being out for the season um jaquiz yeah, no roger is another serviceable week for you we'll see how long that lasts but you know solid for this first half of the season but yeah, I mean, just really a solid week all around for you. Your only disappointing player was Eric Decker, um, but that's you know, that's not too surprising. I think Eric Decker might be a, a touchdown or bust type player too in in terms of uh, the the targets might not be there, but he mm-hmm. is a solid uh, red zone wide receiver, and Mariota could use him in the future. But uh, nothing nothing too bad for you. I mean, really. A solid week. You got to be happy bouncing back from that week one loss, and things are looking good for your team. Yeah, uh, definitely happy to bounce back from the week one loss. I wasn't dis. I mean, I was fine with my scoring total last week. I just happened to play. Just happened to play Scott, who had a really good week. So unfortunate, but I, I felt good about my team last week, and I certainly feel good about my team this week. Trade me Isaiah Crowell. Send me a trade that gives me Isaiah Crowell. You can have David Johnson. And just add a few more pieces. Figure it out, okay? Okay, I'm trying to. We'll work it out. Um, yeah, no, I like my team. Uh, I'm I'm giving Eric Decker a few more weeks to develop a rapport with uh, with Mariota. Mariota hasn't looked super great. The I mean, to be honest, their passing attack hasn't looked super great, which we all kind of expected it would be great because they added so many pieces and have so much talent in on their in their receivers. Not to mention Delaney Walker. Um, yeah, I'm feeling great about my team. So thank you and. Uh, much deserved win this week. Now, on to your team. Like you said, you performed admirably. Um, I think a little subpar for your expectations, what we've come to expect from you. 11,400 usually doesn't get you a W. It can, like as we've seen over... I wonder what the percentages are. What I wonder, what's the average What's the average weekly score of our league? We should definitely track that. We should track that. Uh, off the top of my head... Um, I'm gonna guess it's somewhere probably between like eleven thousand and twelve thousand would be an average week. So I think if I'm, you average more than twelve thousand, you're you're doing really solidly. Anyway, your team. Well, let's let's start off with Ty Montgomery. Um, you were high on him going into the season. You were super happy you got to draft him. Super happy he fell to you. I wasn't super high on him. 
obviously as over over two weeks i've been proven incredibly wrong you've been proven right we'll see if this continues if it does that would be incredible for you i know it's small sample size but are He's you been sold used... on ty montgomery or are you still not you're still not sold where are you at i'm still not sold i'm still not sold entirely i mean i don't know that this is what we can obviously not not 2600 but i think probably his base is around a thousand i think you can you can count on that unless you know game throw just game flow it just gets you know shat on and, and they can't run or but i mean he's used a lot in the passing game i think i mean against atlanta he was used a lot because nelson and uh what's his face why am i blanking on his name randall cobb both went out with injuries and so Aaron Rodgers was very limited to who he could throw to and yeah I I worry about Ty Montgomery who was a wide receiver getting workloads like this getting a full load if you will like this consistently throughout the year and being able to stay healthy that is something that that would probably be my only concern for him right now is if he can stay healthy because he's not used to this kind of of work he doesn't he's never gotten this many touches before in his career so but it'll be Fair interesting concerns. to see how he holds up it'll be interesting to see how he holds up but it's looking very promising for you right now um he's looked good you got a good week out of james white that's another one of those guys though where i don't know if you can depend on that every week but maybe you can with amandola out for a while maybe he, i mean he got eight catches so they're obviously using him he is i mean he's the guy that tom brady clearly trusts the most out of his backfield to throw to I'm high on James White right now. I think I think that the amount of targets, the amount of receptions, his usage in the offense, I, things are looking up for that. So I'm, I'm happy he was. He's been. I, I'm hopeful he he'll be a nice replacement for David Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice for you. Mark Ingram had another decent game. It was kind of smoke and mirrors again, though. He had a, an awful game again, and then got a bunch of garbage points at the end. So I guess if you can just count on that every week, great for you. But. I don't trust any of the three Saints running backs yet. So no one, no one has really emerged as the favorite. I mean, clearly Adrian Peterson is the third, but between Kamara and, and Ingram, they're they're splitting carries, they're splitting touches, and again, he ended up with 960, but that's not indicative of, of how little he produced throughout the game. And honestly, same goes with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had another underwhelming week for you. He ended up with 1140, but again, they were playing catch up, and I would say at least 400 of those points came like on like one of their last drives when they were down by more than two scores there was like less than half a quarter left and Drew Brees were just airing it out so uh, because I remember being upset every time Ingram and Thomas got more points because the game was already over (laughs) in terms of who was going to win or lose and they just kept getting points and at that point it was still really close between the two of us well hey maybe I can keep relying on that yeah maybe you can maybe you can Corey Davis she had his pants for you this week well, he got injured, dude. Give him a break. He's injured. Did, I didn't even know he got injured. When did he get injured? He got injured in the second quarter, I believe. Well, anyway, the last two people we'll talk about are, are Zach Ertz and Kirk Cousins. I just want to touch on Zach Ertz. He had another solid week. I would say that that is misleading as well. I don't know if you saw his catch. He had like a 70-yard catch where he was completely overthrown. The safety must have been looking at Ertz. He was like standing there ready for him to like tackle him. The ball like bounces off his bicep, and Zach Ertz just keeps running and catches the ricocheted ball for like a seventy-five yard gain. Um, amazing, and that was like more than half your points. So, <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins hasn't looked good. The Redskins' offense hasn't looked good. 
I think that's going to change, but I guess we'll have to see. I still have confidence in Captain Kirk. I think he'll be fine there moving down the line. I don't know how much patience you have for him, but I'm sure you would like more than 1100 uh, a week out of him. So Yeah, that's fair. Overall, I think both of our teams look good. Mine, obviously, more so than yours. Of course. But that's honestly only because you lost David Johnson. Because if you had David Johnson and Ty Montgomery, you'd be pretty even with uh, running backs right now. Okay. On to the, what are we on, the fifth matchup, uh, Drew and Louie. Drew bounces back in a major way and uh, absolutely annihilates Louie, 15,180 to 10,392. Another disappointing performance from Louie's team, specifically another disappointing performance from Cam Newton. We talked about it last week. He didn't look good. He didn't look good again this week. I guess Buffalo has a good defense, but not to the point where... I mean, the, the Panthers' offense struggled. And now with Greg Olson out, it's going to be interesting to see how Cam Newton plays, if he can produce fantasy-wise. I, and I wonder how, how short of a leash Louie will have uh, for Cam Newton because uh, Louie doesn't play that game of waiting around uh, to see if he'll perform. He'll, uh, he'll yank you. He'll yank you if you're, not, if you're not performing for him. I would assume that Louie will play Cam Newton at least one more week. He's got New Orleans next week. If ever Cam Newton was going to show up, it'd probably be against New Orleans at home. So Antonio Brown has a bad week only 870 for him that is supremely underwhelming um you have come to expect at least a thousand usually around 2000 from antonio brown obviously you don't worry about him but keenan allen looked great again and alshon jeffrey looked uh even more involved in the offense like i predicted last week and he i think louis is set on his wide receivers i mean those three i don't think i, I mean they're those guys are, those are guys you play every week without even thinking about it if they're healthy. So there's no decisions to make there. Marshawn Lynch looked great again, so he doesn't have to worry about his running back one spot. He does still very much have to worry about his running back two spot. That is obviously the biggest concern on Louis' team right now. He's got Chris Carson, who has... Things are looking up for him. Yeah, it looks like he's emerged as the as the top back there. I would assume him to get the bulk of the... He would get the bulk of the carries moving forward. So if the, we'll see if that'll work out for him. And then... I don't know what he'll do about tight end. Jimmy Graham has been awful through two weeks because yeah. the Seahawks have been awful through two weeks offensively. Time to hit the waiver wire. Yeah, Louis will not have a, and you know Louis works those waiver wires. I would be surprised if if he does not uh, go for a tight end uh, this week um, and uh, yank Jimmy Graham. Maybe maybe put him on his bench and hoping that he can he can rebound and, and return to form, but. Yeah, I don't know how you can confidently play him moving forward until he shows you something else. Let's talk about, and then I'll just want to talk about Baltimore's defense real quick because they played Cleveland and Cincinnati their first two games, so we'll see if that's just they had two massive games because they were playing against crap teams or if I mean, their defense is the real deal because they got 2,400. It's definitely a combination again. of both. Yeah, they got 2,400 this week, um, 3,500 last week. A total of, oh my God. Baltimore's defense, would you like to ask how many interceptions they have through two games? Seven. Close. Eight. They have eight interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and eight sacks. And only ten points given up. Good first two (laughs) weeks. That's insane. That's insane. Um, Yeah, so, again, question marks for Louis are moving forward are going to be running back to tight end and quarterback. We'll see if the guys he have can start performing or if he's going to need to make some moves, but he's, he's set at wide receiver. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Uh, I think that Seattle backfield might just be 
something to avoid, but Chris Carson's definitely uh, the top back there, so hopefully that works out for Louie. I also don't mind Marquise Lee, um, especially with Allen Robinson being injured. Uh, I think Marquise Lee could end up being the number one wide receiver in Jacksonville, but yeah, I guess it doesn't matter be. because Louie's Louis got three studs in the wide receiver one through three slot, and then Cooper Cup. I think Louie's probably going to be working. He'll be doing a wide receiver in the flex spot all year because he's so limited at running back and so stacked at wide receiver. So I think, yeah, I mean, maybe whoever he plays, Cooper Cup, uh, Marquise Lee, um, I think he'll probably just do that, do the flex position based on matchup moving forward. Sure. Moving on to uh, Drew's team. I'd like to give you a chance to talk about Drew's team. You were very, very critical of Drew's team um, after week one, and he bounced back in a big way. And just as a, a, a side note, because you told the audience that Drew took Travis Kelsey with his second overall pick in the draft and you grilled him for it, you are incorrect. Uh, Drew took Travis Kelsey at the very end of the third round. So Drew was the last pick. Okay. So third he took round. him on he took him on third the round. third round third round to fourth round turn. So Okay. So Drew took was... Travis Kelsey in the third round and I said second round. My apologies. Uh moving I mean, on. okay. It is um, literally no, like a twenty twenty two point or twenty two pick I was, difference. 22. I was very wrong. Regardless, I still I the reason I said second was because I remember just being floored by it. I was like, what? And I should have realized that take, I would still be take floored by third or fourth. Even like, even if it's fourth round, even if it's fifth round. Travis Kelsey, Well, I thought I, I, I wouldn't have taken crazy. What? I wouldn't have taken Travis Kelsey in the first five rounds. That's not that's my hot take. That's not that's not crazy. Yes, but that, that no, but that's your personal opinion. Tight ends were going in the fifth round. I mean, I think Greg Olson was taken in the fourth round. Like, isn't Travis Kelsey better than Greg Olson? I mean, now he is, am I right? Um anyways. <laughs> So okay, for Drew's ahead. team, I would team. say, yeah, okay. I was harsh on Drew's team, and clearly they proved me wrong this week. I accept that. Here's the thing. I'm not eating my socks yet, okay? Because Drew's team came out with... Uh, Tom Brady put up three grand. That's fine. That's that's Tom Brady doing Tom Brady, but you're not you're not going to get that consistently. Devontae Adams put up 1,900. Okay. I did not see that coming. You know, maybe that'll maybe that'll work out for Drew. Uh, but Jamison Crowder and Marvin Jones Jr. Need, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. got a touchdown, so that's the only reason he got nine twenty. Uh, he's just, I think he's like wide receiver three in in Detroit. Tariq Cohen had a decent game. Travis Kelsey put up two thousand. I mean, I guess as as I go through this, I'm still not I'm still not optimistic about Drew's team. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. Obviously, after this week, uh, I think. They're clearly not as doomed as I thought, but I I still don't believe in Jamison Crowder. I think Washington's defense looks bad. I think Marvin Jones is the third best wide receiver on the on the Detroit team. Devontae Adams, I think he uh, he benefited from Jordy and Randall Cobb being being better. He definitely did. He definitely did. But he's still the number two wide receiver out in Green Bay. And if you've got Aaron Rodgers thrown to you any given week, you can put up big points. Is he the wide receiver too? Yeah. Like he's over, he's more than Randall Cobb. Yeah, I mean, well, Randall Cobb does the slot mostly, so um, it's usually uh, Nelson and Adams lining up on opposite sides of each other. Sure. And then Frank Gore, I still, you know, I just think the Colts' offense looks so bad. They if they don't have a passing game, it's really hard for the running game. So I, I I'm I'm still not sold on Drew's team. However, obviously they're. He's looking up now, and um, you know things will turn around. But uh, also, just Drew's bench is useless. I mean, Mike Wallace is not the only Mike the only useful anymore. player on his bench would probably be Willie Sneed once he comes yeah. back from yeah. Suspension. I mean, Mike Wallace should be dropped. Bilal Powell does not 
look like anything this year. The Jets are just too bad, and Matt Forte's there. Sterling Shepard, I mean, if, if OBJ can't can't get going, Sterling Shepard's not going to get going. And he's got Brandon Marshall there too. So, I mean, I just think Willie Sneed, who's suspended, is his only serviceable bench spot. So he's got no depth. But, you know, he's, he's a smart guy. He'll make waiver moves. I'm not saying he's dead in the water. I'm just saying this week doesn't make me say, oh, shoot, Drew's team's really good. I mean, you said you can't expect 3,000 from Tom Brady every week, which, okay, yes, fair. You won't. You can't expect 3,000 from him. But I think most weeks you're going to get at least 2,000 from Tom Brady. Um, I mean, that's it's what he's been doing for so long. And, I mean, obviously he played New Orleans that, you know, you play against New Orleans, you're going you're gonna to throw – a lot of touchdowns as a quarterback. So that's inflated a little bit. Let's replay that uh, your Tom Brady, New England Patriots fan roast from last week because Tom Brady showed up this week and as a big middle finger to anyone who for a second after week one was like, maybe Tom Brady's done. Like, it's come just, on. He's Tom it's Brady. just unbelievable. I mean, yes, exactly. You said it, you said it exactly right. It was a, a big fuck you to anyone that was like, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo should replace him. Is Tom yeah. Brady getting old? What's going on in New England? Yeah. It's like, we do this every year. It's like, they lose a game and people are like, the sky is falling in New England. Yeah. And like Bill Belichick's like, hey guys, I'm still the smartest goddamn coach in the league and I've still got the best goddamn QB in the league. Of we're all gonna time. Win the di- <laughs> we're going to win the division. Surprise. So. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, here, here's my hot take. The Patriots are going to win their division this year. <laughs> wow. Don't get too crazy, man. Um, I still – I just want to – real quick about Drew's team. I like his team. JGI looked good coming off his week one bye week. Um, so that's a, that was a good boost off, you know, for this week for him. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, is going to be solid every week. I still have faith in Jay Crowder. I don't think Marvin Jones Jr. is as bad as you say he is. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. has gotten looks from, from Matt Stafford. So we'll see. Like you said, Tariq Cohen, he had a solid showing. And I think moving forward, the Bears are going to start to use him uh, more. So, And not to mention, he's got a great defense in Kansas City, does Drew. So, yeah, definitely a nice bounce back week for Drew. We will see uh, what week three brings him. Last but not least, but also maybe least... No, not really. But uh, last, but maybe least, <laughs> Justin versus Dan was a matchup to forget. Justin takes this one ten thousand nine hundred and forty-two to six thousand four hundred and twenty-eight. You want to start off with uh, with Justin's team? You know, while Tommy says it was a matchup to forget, which I do agree with, um, I forgot about it until just now. Justin's team only put up ten thousand nine hundred, but it w- he had a much better week. Going that was in. gonna be my hot take, dude. Okay, was, go ahead. That was, that was gonna be my hot take. Well, I don't you know if you pay attention take. to things like that. You just stole. You just stole my hot take. No, no Kyle, do not cut yeah. this. If I don't yeah. hear myself saying this yeah. in the podcast, you're yeah. fired. Yeah, Kyle. So for anyone wondering, Kyle's our producer. He's uh, an employee of Kason Productions. <laughs> um, he just threatened to cut part of Tommy's uh, speech there, and uh, Tommy rightfully so put him back in his place. So. Uh, Kyle will be speaking to the owners of KSM Productions about your performance, and we don't appreciate these um, interjections here. All right, moving on. Also, Kyle, if you could look up the number for KSM Productions, I would really appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> okay, Justin's okay. team. Okay, Justin's team, you nailed it, okay? The numbers, the the sub-11,000 performance, you, you don't see that when you look at his team. I mean, you see it, but it's not his fault. Um, <laughs> I can't see I, it. I clearly see it. <laughs> 
Jordy Nelson, zero. Um, he got injured. Well, right. Nothing you can do there. Kenny Galladay put up 130, which was just not great. I don't know what else to say. I like Kenny Galladay. I think he's talented. Like I said earlier, uh, I think he's better than Marvin Jones Jr. I think Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, as he gets more comfortable, will start to utilize him more. But uh, this game was not indicative of that, so I'm not sure. Uh, Lamar Miller had a solid 1,000-point performance. Buck Allen, Javorius, Justin's masterful waiver wire pickup with 1860. Uh, I think Justin should be very optimistic about that. While Tommy mentioned Terrence West's injury, I think regardless of that, I think Buck Allen just looks better. I think Buck, there's going to be there's going to be touches, Terrence plenty West of is, touches for both of them. Terrence West is bad, um, and Buck Allen is not as bad. So I think uh, I think that should be good. Gronk did Gronk stuff and scored two thousand. That's what you want from Gronk. That's why you drafted him in the first round. And um, Emmanuel Sanders had a huge game for Justin with 21-20. You love to see that. It's great rapport with Trevor Simeon, who looks freakishly good. He looks like a quarterback somehow. Yeah, amazing. And uh, Russell Wilson with a solid week. So I don't think Justin should be too worried. Um, I do think he's got a, uh, a hole in the flex spot. I don't think Brandon Marshall is a serviceable wide receiver moving forward. But I do think that, you know, he's got some options on the bench with Rex Burkhead and Tevin Coleman. Those are both sort of pretty consistent, uh, high ceiling guys. So um, I think I think Justin's looking OK moving forward. Yeah, I will say about Brandon Marshall, um, I definitely think he's a guy that you keep on your bench because, you know, the talent's there. And if he can get on the same page as Eli Manning, that could be a very... Uh, a very good combination uh, as being the wide receiver two out in New York. Brandon Marshall yesterday got the targets. He got two red zone targets. He was tackled at the one on one of his catches. If he scores there, we're talking about Brandon Marshall, about how maybe he is a serviceable wide receiver. He had like a 30-yard pass that he just, it just hit off his hands. He was running, the perfect throw. He's running in stride. He's he's right behind the, the DB and it just falls into his hands and it just hits off his hands and he doesn't catch it. Uh, if he catches that ball, it's also a completely different game. Brandon Marshall got good targets. He doesn't look good right now, though. So I think you can't play him until he starts to show you something. I don't. I wouldn't write Brandon Marshall off yet, though. That's fair. He's got the talent, but he doesn't look like it. Right. Right now, he doesn't look like it. Um, I think. I think you nailed it. Justin's team looks really solid right now. Like you said, a couple things to figure out. Uh, hopefully, Jordy Nelson is okay. That'll be huge moving forward for him. Gronk also had a little injury scare, but it's looking like he's going to be okay for next week as well. So sitting at one and one now, and so that's that's nice for him. Hopefully he can get get going as we move forward. Only not next week though, because he's playing me. <clears throat> anyway, um, after okay. week three, yeah, after week three he can get going. Let's move on to Dan's team. Last, certainly not least. So Dan puts up six thousand four hundred. Uh, we thought that week one may have produced the lowest totals of the year for us when I think Drew and Justin both got around six, uh, 6,700. And then uh, Dan's team comes out and puts up 6,428. Now, you look at Dan's team, and it's not as bad, not nearly as bad as what they have performed so far. I don't think Dan needs to hit the panic button just yet. His running backs. Let's start with his running backs. LaShawn McCoy and Ezekiel Elliott. A combined 1,100 points. Yeah. No, that's certainly not what you're looking for out of your two first picks in the draft. Elliott, and I know I said this a few times about a few players last week, but Elliott at 420. That is going to be his lowest week of the year. In a game that <laughs> he down, plays... Kyle. In, in a game, down, Kyle. In a game that he plays the whole game and gets 420... 
I don't think we're going to. I mean, he had eight rushing yards. Yep. Eight. Yep. Eight rushing yards. It, it was, I mean, Denver the Cowboys shut down lost 42 to 17. Trevor Denver Simeon, they, they bitch slapped through their defense the and their offense did not. I mean, that game was, that is not the game I expected to see. They took away Zeke and Dak Prescott couldn't beat him. That's what happened. They, they said, Dak, throw on us. You, we don't think you can beat our, our linebackers. We don't think you can beat our corners. And he couldn't. And Dallas looked awful. So we'll see if, uh, if teams, start more teams start loading up the box i mean denver's got some special talent in their cornerbacks so not many teams are going to be able to shut down the cowboys like they did obviously you're not worried about ezekiel Elliott moving forward you're also not worried about Lashawn mccoy moving forward both those guys are going to get the touches they're going to be fine i'm also fine with dan you know matt stafford as his quarterback he's going to be solid all year what he needs to work on is getting better wide receivers larry fitzgerald had a bad game i'm i'm worried about so Larry Fitzgerald is always good, but I'm worried about the Cardinals now without David Johnson. I think everybody gets affected negatively by that. Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. Definitely. Defenses can focus in on Larry Fitzgerald more now. I mean, you have to pay so much attention when someone like David Johnson is in the backfield that, you know, it, it, it makes life so much easier for everyone else. I think Larry Fitzgerald will still be fine. He's always fine. Terrell Pryor is who I, who I really worry about. Dan spent a... Uh, Pretty penny on, on Pryor. He picked him up pretty early. Washington hasn't looked good. I mean, I think he's been getting targets, but, I mean, he put up 410, two catches for 31 yards. He's got to find some wide receivers that consistently produce for him. I mean, this is this is just an anomaly for Dan. 6,400 points, that's not something that happens. That's something that happens once a year. I'd be insanely shocked if he has a total like this again. It just it doesn't happen that often when you, when you get this low. Just look at the totals of his players. Terrell Pryor, 410. Larry Fitzgerald, 360. McCoy, 730. Elliott, 420. Tyler Eifert, 570. Jonathan Stewart, 400. Brandon McManus, 600. New England, 550. He had two it, players over 1,000. That's it. That's a bad week. That's it. That's, that's it. a bad week. That's, that's a bad week. And it's not like he left superstars on the bench. He's got Adam Thielen on his bench, and he didn't have a good week. But if Sam Bradford can get back and get healthy... I like Adam Thielen. I like Stefan Diggs. I, I like haven't Adam heard Thielen. good things about that though. I've heard I've heard Sam Bradford. It might actually be more serious than they think. Just, that guy cannot just stay have healthy, to wait huh? And see. No, he cannot. So, I mean, moving forward, his running backs are going to produce much better for him. I know Tyler Eifert's dealing with some injuries, so hopefully he can be okay. But even if he is, Dalton looks terrible. So I don't know if you got to shop around for another tight end, but I don't know. But I still like Dan's team. He's, he's like I said, he's got two top ten running backs. Matt Stafford's a great QB who it seems like every other week puts up a monster game. This week just happened to be his his down week, and it kind of just was a perfect storm of terrible for Dan this week. So uh, he's sitting at zero and two. No need to hit the panic button yet. I'd you know maybe make a few minor lineup adjustments going into week three, but for the most part, I think you could leave things the same and and just expect a bounce back week like uh, both Drew and Justin had. It's kind of just like the law of averages, you know. I mean that that covers all the matchup. I wanted to give Dan a shout out. I was talking to him yesterday about. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Jack, but Dan um, wrote a book. Did you I know did. That? I did know that. I did know that, and I am looking at it right now because I purchased a copy of it. Did you actually? I did, off Amazon. Very cool. Yeah, so uh, Dan's book is called The Price of a Free Throw. You can get it on Amazon in paperback for six ninety nine, or you can buy it for your Kindle for just two ninety nine. 
It's a very, very quick read. It's only about, I think it's about like 38 pages and there's not much, uh, it's not like they're... It is 37 pages. The 38th page is the bibliography. The 39th okay. page is suggested reading. Okay, so it's 37 pages, and the way it's formatted, there's not a whole lot of writing on each page. It's less of a book and more of just like a composition of, of his thoughts on both the physical and mental challenges of shooting a free throw in the game of basketball. He goes into the psychological aspect as well as the physical conditioning and, and mental conditioning of blocking out the noise, blocking out the tiredness, blocking out all the doubts. Um, it's For me, it was a very interesting perspective to see someone like Dan who played basketball uh, competitively all the way through college and played D2 college, someone who was a great shooter. I assume he was really good at free throws because he was... Uh, he was a sharpshooter from downtown. I don't know if you know that about him. I did know that. I did know that. I, uh, shooter fell out. I wish I could see him in person. No, he he can. He's a good. He's a good ball player. So it was just interesting to see his take on the both the physical and mental slash psychological aspects from a player's perspective. Someone who's dealt with that kind of stuff. Because as a fan, I've always asked. I've always been so frustrated with guys that can't consistently shoot free throws well yeah why why don't they practice more why don't they blah 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 all this stuff but right uh, dan, so, dan gives a really unique perspective a player's perspective on why uh it's not as simple as just take more practice shots there's a lot more to a free throw than just the technique of shooting a free throw so i'm with tommy i'd highly recommend it yeah i'd say get it like i said you can get it for cheap on amazon i know dan would appreciate it and like i said it's a quick read and i think it's very very insightful very uh, very informative. So, and we would like uh, to yeah. thank Daniel R. Tierney for sponsoring uh, Let's Talk Fantasy Football today. The, this is a one-time offer. If you purchase the price of a free throw on Amazon within the next forty-eight hours of when this podcast is posted, and you text a image proof of it to Jack, I will personally Venmo you uh, one dollar and fifty cents rebate for the purchase so what a like deal. tommy said uh, you, that is not a deal you can get anywhere else it's 6.99 but after the uh text message proof rebate um it is down to uh what, help me out tommy what's the Come math on. there no, for no nope i am not um you let's see that's so one dollar would be 5.99 plus oh, 50 cents that'd be 5.49 so we're looking at uh 5.49 very good very good. Jack, do you mind if I give one more shout out before we move on to our predictions for next week's matchups? Please. I want to give a shout out uh, to Lewis Joseph Lettenmeyer Jr. or LJLJ as they call him. All the basketball local, games. The and, local and playground. Football, yeah, the local <laughs> playground and, and whatnot. LJLJ as they refer to him. We were talking about this over the weekend. I was looking up previous years of our fantasy league basically since we started head-to-head back in 2011 so this is our seventh year doing head-to-head as the uh 10 pack slash 12 pack and looking at louis stats there were some shocking things about it so you would be surprised to know how consistently good louis has been since we started head-to-head in 2011 surprise me in so this is just this is just regular season, so I'm talking the first 13 weeks, playoffs excluded, um, because no one's really dominated from a championship perspective because we've had six years and six champions. But 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, Louis ended up with a regular season record of nine and four. Every year? 
every year, five years in a row. Wow. Ending the regular season in 2011, Louis had the second seed. In 2012, he had the second seed. In 2013, he had the second seed. In 2014, he had the first seed. In 2015, he had the second seed. The first wow. five years we did head to head, Louis was one of the top two teams in the regular season. That's wild. Isn't that, that wild? Is, he that had is consistency. For overall points scored, like for his team, 2011, he was second most overall. 2012, he was top most. 2013, he was second most. 2014, he was top most. And 2015, he was third. So it was a down year for him in 2015. That is truly awe-inspiring. Uh, last year was his actual down year. He finished as the eighth seed with a seven and six record. So, but I just thought it was kind of crazy. I hadn't really looked at it closely and yeah, I mean, he's never had, he never had a worse than nine and four record the first five years. His win percentage since he started playing is, uh, since we started had had a 61.3%, which is above and beyond what anyone else's is. I mean, I don't think anyone's higher than like 56 percent but yeah so shout out to louis he's been a master uh, since we started in uh, 2011 and uh, he started off 0-2 this year so i definitely definitely don't count this guy out because he has yet to miss the playoffs don't want to jinx him maybe i did but yeah okay now let's talk about next week's matchups so for week three down the list in the order that i see them we've got tommy versus justin we are both one and one I won't weigh in on this one since I am in the matchup. Jack, who do you think uh, who do you think wins if you look at our rosters and I mean I'd say the biggest variable is Jordy Nelson, who uh, it'd be a big big hole for Justin to fill if Jordy Nelson can't suit up this week. If that's the case, I'd definitely take you. But if uh, if Jordy Nelson's suited up, I think it'll be a close match and I'll give the W to Justin. So that's how I'll hedge my bet. I'll say a Jordy okay. Nelson list Justin good. loses, but a Jordy Nelson full Justin wins. Okay, I'm fine with that. And uh, well, just to, just to say, uh, I think I'm going to win that that matchup. I'll just say that. Let's just say that's that. a hot take. That's a hot take. Uh, matchup number two is going to be Brian versus Kyle. I was looking at this matchup earlier, and I'm going to go ahead and say that Kyle squeezes this one out against Brian. Brian's two and zero, but he hasn't really put up big weeks yet. I think. Brian's got some tough matchups um, that I think are going to affect his players. Someone like DeAndre Hopkins going up against New England. I don't see Deshaun Watson faring that well against New England. So we'll see. But And then matchups for Kyle, it all, it, it all just depends. I mean, Welcome Kyle's to got fantasy. Some, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle should have a big game from Derek Carr against Washington. I think probably... Derek, I'm going to say Derek Carr outscores Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to be the deciding factor in getting Kyle the uh, the victory this week. That's fair. That's a good take. Brian, I like that. Brian or Kyle. I I agree with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kyle on this one too. I think Derek Carr has a big week. Derek Henry could get some playing time with Demarco Murray on the on the sideline, and uh, I think he'll do good against Seattle. And um, yeah, I like Carlos Hyde also against the Rams. So, all right, matchup number three, we'll do Scott versus Louis. I know I was talking highly about Scott's team uh, starting the year. I still think he's got a good team that will perform as the season moves on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Louie this week. I think Louie's team finally breaks out. I think Antonio Brown is going to feast against the Bears. Yeah, yeah, he'll be um, eaten. He'll be eaten. And, you know, 
with Scott having Ben Roethlisberger, those points will get canceled out a bit, but I think Antonio Brown scores more points this week than Ben Roethlisberger does, and I think that's a big deciding factor in the victory. I'll say the other the other deciding factor for me would definitely be Cam Newton playing at home against New Orleans. I think this is the week. I would I would I would guess Louis plays Cam Newton one more week because he's playing at home against New Orleans, and if he doesn't perform this week, then I think Louis thinks about either dropping him or benching him. But I think Cam Newton has a, has a really good week, and uh, Antonio Brown and Cam Newton will be his two top scorers, leading him to victory against Scott. I think that is a very nice take, and I agree with you that if Cam Newton can't perform this week, uh, it's going to be time to for Louis to at least start considering other options. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can't get it done at home against New Orleans, I'm not sure there's a team you can get it done against. Okay, so you like Louis this week as well? Yeah, definitely. I think he bounces back from an 0-2 start and gets his first victory this week. Matchup number four will go with uh, Drew versus Dad. Dad starting off 2-0, Drew coming off a very strong week. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? I mean, Yahoo's got it sitting at a uh, 50-50 chance right now, projected for only wow. a difference of 30 points. So, Insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yahoo's, Yahoo's saying it's going to be a close matchup, but... Um, I'm thinking I like Drew just by a hair this week. Uh, I know I've been I've been down on his team, but uh, Devonta Adams is going against Cincinnati this week, and you know with the other injuries, I think he'll have a really solid week. I think Frank Gore will run all over the Browns, and I think Jhi is going to have a monster game. Oh, monster yeah. game that's, against that the is Jets. something. I, that's something Kyle, I was hoping you were going to mention. Down, I think Jhi will score over twenty five hundred points this week. Write it down. I think Drew's got it this week over Dad. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. One other thing I like about Drew's team. I think this week Jameson Crowder finally breaks through. I think we're looking at a plus fifteen hundred point week for Jameson Crowder. You can count on a touchdown from him this week. Yeah, and I think Drew has another big week to back up this week's performance. I like. Uh, I like Cohen uh, this week against the Steelers. They're a hard team to run on, so look to see him used in the uh, in the passing game quite a bit. And. Uh, of course, I like Kansas City's defense against Phillip Rivers. Now, that is no offense to Phillip Rivers. Well, it is a little bit of offense to Phillip Rivers, but he likes to turn the ball over, and Kansas City's got a good defense. So I think there's some definite potential there for a big game from them as well. I think Dad still has a solid week, but yeah, I think Drew takes this one just slightly. I think Dad should make a few changes to his lineup before the week starts, but we'll see if he does. What are we on? Matchup number five? Matchup number five between Jack Robert Lettenmeyer and Anna Marie Lettenmeyer. I'll let you take this one. Ooh, boy. I'm going to get grilled either way, aren't I? Jeez. <laughs> um, Kyle just predicted it would be the highest scoring matchup. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that I like that prediction. Um, so good luck on that. But, yeah, I mean, both of these, both of your teams – have the potential for massive weeks. I mean, you're projected for 12,800 and 13,100 uh, respectively. You've got a bunch of guys that have high point potential. So it's really just going to come down to whichever team scores more points. No, it's going to come down to whichever <laughs> hot take, you, hot take. <laughs> whichever of you can, can have like, so the winner of this week is going to have, I would say like three guys at least that get over 2,000 points. 
I'm going to go ahead and say an Anna wins. It's going to be close. I like a, I like Kirk Cousins to play a lot better this week for you. Drew Brees probably won't have as good of a game. Um, I would say expect a big game from Julio Jones this week, um, as well as a big game from Golden Tate. A lot of offensive firepower between those two teams. Both teams can uh, lack defensively from time to time. So, And I'll tell you what, I also like Todd Gurley against San Francisco. Uh, so I think Anna edges you out. But yeah, like Kyle said, expect a barn burner. It's going to be a close one, I think, till the end. Um, and unfortunately for Anna, well, not unfortunately for Anna, she's got two guys on Monday night, so it's definitely going to come down to that, uh, her two guys on Monday night, assuming she, she keeps her lineup the same. Um, so yeah, I'm giving Anna the edge over you this week, man. That's fair. I accept that. And I will rub it in your face a week from today. (laughs) Last, but not least, we've got 0-2 Greg versus 0-2 Dan. Jack, who, uh, who gets on the, uh, on the, uh. On the victory board this week. Yes. Uh, the who puts a, who puts a w inaugural on that victory board member this week um, will be... Let me take a look here. So uh, it's going to be a tight one. Yahoo's got it at uh, pretty close, only 80-point difference. Personally, I'm looking at Dan's team to take the W for the main reason that I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a monster game against Arizona. And I think LaShawn McCoy, while Denver absolutely shut down Zeke last week. I, I'm going to have a hot take right now. I think LaShawn McCoy will be able to get through Denver's defense a little better than Zeke did. I think uh, because of his bad game this last week, I just think uh, Shady will be hungry. And I really have no uh, actual reason to think that because realistically, LaShawn McCoy and Zeke will probably just both have bad games again. I'm I'm playing the narrative. I'm going for the, the feel-good story. And I'm saying that his running backs have a bounce-back week. And I think Ken uh, or Dan takes it, not Ken. That's his brother. Yeah, that's an interesting name switch right there. I like Dan as well this week. To to back up your point about LaShawn McCoy potentially having a good week, I would say the big difference there would be Buffalo's playing at home against Denver this week, which much harder to play in Denver against Denver than it is to play them on the road. Um, so I like McCoy to have a solid week, and I definitely agree. I think Zeke this week is going to be the difference. Zeke is going to be a freak this week is my prediction. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Zeke Elliott puts up 3K this week. Wow. Write it down, Kyle. And that is the really the only reason I like I like Dan this week. I think Zeke comes back strong and uh, puts him over the top against Greg. Greg should have a solid week. It's just Oda Beckham Jr., Mari Cooper, right now they're not performing. And it doesn't look like Odell's 100% healthy. If he is, they're not using him like he is. I still think he needs more time before he starts producing like we know he can. And until that happens, Greg's team's going to struggle. Odo Beckham Jr. and Jordan Howard are his top two picks. If those guys aren't performing, it's going to be a struggle for him. And so that, I mean, that's gonna, those are going to be the two key guys for me to watch for his team. If they can perform, Greg's got a chance. If not, I think Dan takes this one easily. I completely agree with you as i said and i think it's both it's interesting that we both have the sort of counterintuitive hot take that uh zeke and mccoy will bounce back but uh you know we're counterintuitive guys so uh you know and you come you you know why you come to this podcast you come to a talk fantasy football and b hear hot takes because jr let and tj let have hot takes for you once a week for the remainder of the nfl season tommy unless i'm forgetting something uh should we close this the show out 
We should close this show out. Uh, it's been a pleasure again this week. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to everyone who is listening. Um, it really means a lot to us. Uh, Jack and I really enjoy talking about fantasy football together. And uh, honestly, it means a lot to me to know that you guys are also interested in hearing us talk. This podcast would be completely pointless if we didn't have you guys listening to it. So thank you again for listening. And I'll I'll just jump on that and agree with Tommy. And uh, an extra thank you to those outside of the league who are listening. Because it makes sense that we have some league members listening. You know, it's our close friends, some of them family. But the fact that we have so many dedicated viewers outside of the league just listening because they're so do interested we, in our league and so interested in our hot takes. clarification that, that um, we've got some outside the league listeners? I mean, I wouldn't say we should get into a numbers game right now, but um, I mean, maybe. So uh, that'll, that's I think that's the most definitive answer I can give right now. Um, but iridocyclitis... Um, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Best of luck in your matchups this weekend. Good luck, everyone, this week. And uh, Tommy and I will be back next week to uh, do it all again. And uh, thanks for listening. Feel free to email in jr at letstalkpod.com or tj at letstalkpod.com. And uh, feel free to send emails that way, and uh, we'll get back to you. And maybe we'll read some uh, listener questions on the show. Be well, everybody, on the corner of happy and healthy. Thanks again, guys. We uh, we do this again next week, and uh, let's talk some more fantasy football. Amen. Awooga! Why do you have to urinate because your team's bad? Why does your fantasy team underperforming make you have to piss well we'll be there for you even we'll if you have to pee you we'll too. be there for you too